first periodized for short-term gains. Hey folks, we are back and I'm going to continue my discussion on periodization with a little consideration given to reverse periodization for short-term gains. Now, this obviously begs the question, why would you want short-term gains? As I'll discuss in an upcoming series of tipcasts, one of the obvious areas is in collegiate athletics, particularly Division Three. Now, having worked at three Division Three schools, I've seen a range of coaching and athlete qualities. However, one common thread is that the teams are often hamstrung by underprepared, perhaps completely new athletes. And the main reason is, is that a lot of times they're trying to fill out rosters. Um, again, it's Division Three; you can't always control how your players are going to train in the offseason. There's a lot of limitations with NCAA. So there are a lot of factors there. However, the reality is, is that sometimes you need to achieve a reasonable fitness level to compete. And so that's really what we're going to get at. And the compression of that time frame often can lead to uh, a, a poorly conceived training program that fails to prioritize the, the uh, health of the athlete um, before the competitive needs. And really that comes down to injuries. However, we don't need to look at just collegiate athletics here because it's pretty common in age group endurance circles as well. Uh, so rather than get into the merits or the misgivings of you know, these, these near-term or last-minute goals, I want to offer some solutions, albeit compromised ones, that you, you can implement, say, if you have a race that's coming up, you really want to do it, but you really haven't been putting in the training time. So here are my tips for each one. Tip number one, accept that you cannot achieve your best and then determine what you can and hope to achieve. Two, if long-term success is a goal, then you've got to expect to reevaluate after the training and race period before devising a long-term approach to the next goal. Number three, emphasize frequency of training sessions over duration of training i.e. you want to train less overall perhaps in a single session uh, but more often and you don't want to train hard all the time so I'm going to talk about adding in more intensity but that doesn't mean that you're doing four or five six days of, of really high intense work now a good example is if you're training for a half marathon or a full marathon you might train five or six days a week but you're going to make three of those days walking sessions, whether they be extended walking sessions or just trying to increase your step count. Four, uh, reverse periodization probably is the best approach. Again, that's the one that I'm talking about in this TIPCast. Uh, you want to check out my website, www.go1mm.com. I've got some older articles up there on periodization, and I do actually talk about reverse periodization in depth. But the bottom line here is that we're talking about putting a greater emphasis on intensity, mainly as high intensity interval training at the front end of the program, adding more volume as you go and decreasing the percentage of, of time during interval training. The reason for this is to emphasize improvement in the cardiovascular fitness, particularly VO2 max, early on as you build volume slowly. Before 
slowly flipping that to more longer duration workouts at a lower intensity. Forget the polarized training model, um, but by the end of six to eight weeks, you still have accrued probably about 50% of your total time at low intensity. So again, this is not a super high intensity program where you're just doing hit all the time. Uh, the other 50% of those is at higher intensities, and maybe early on you're doing some other interval training, uh, but you're also going to do some threshold work or some middle intensity along the way. Again, long term, this may not be optimal for training, but you're aiming for a compromise here. Number five, don't overdo the intensity. Aim really for two uh, hit sessions per week for about four weeks, then a low intensity week before perhaps doing another couple weeks of hit. Uh, you don't need three, four, five days a week of intervals, and, and really each interval session probably won't even have that many intervals. Again, you're not trying to kill yourself, you're trying to give yourself enough stimulus that that VO2 max and those cardiovascular cha changes are going to go up. And then number six, leave enough time to recover and build in some more race pace specific workouts before the race. All right, so what would this sound like in practice? Well, let's assume you've got seven weeks to get ready for a half marathon, um, you know, and if you have less time than that, it probably won't matter what you do. Um, but let's say we've got six, seven weeks, uh, in this case, seven weeks. Uh, you, you've been running only a couple times a week in the last few months due to work and family, but you've done a half marathon before. You know how to finish it, okay? So you're not going there just to finish. You want to have a decent finish time. You're not going to PR. You're going to start with uh, weeks one to three doing probably a session of four times three-minute intervals. These are VO2 max, very hard, probably going to do three or four minutes of, of walking in between. And you're also going to do... Uh, two times eight minute intervals on a different day. Again, these are going to be maybe closer to race pace. Then for a third day, you're going to start out with a four mile run. Okay, this is going to be your quote unquote long run. You're going to start with four miles. You're going to add one mile per week. Okay, the rest of the time you're 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 going to accrue at least ten thousand steps at least on two other days of the week. If you can do more, that's fine. But again, that's not sustained walking. That's just getting ten thousand steps or more a day. Week four, you're going to swap the two HIT workouts with two uh, easy four-mile runs, okay? And then you're going to do a seven to eight-mile run on one day, again, continuing to maintain that step count during the week. Do one more week of interval training, same intervals. Uh, they're, they're hopefully going to be a little bit faster. Then another week where one day you do just the eight-minute intervals. You're going to do one five-mile run at race pace. Okay, whatever you're predicting your race pace to be, then one nine-mile run. You're going to go under race pace until the last two miles, and then you'll ramp it up to race pace, a little bit of a progression run. Okay, then you'll do a couple days uh, or a couple easy runs. You want to make sure that you have enough recovery time before the race, and then you're going to race. All right, it's not going to be a super, you know, build up. But it's going to get you there. It's going to get you through the race. The last few miles are going to really hurt. But again, you've done the half marathon. You know how to cope with it. Uh, 
Now there are a lot of ways that, that, that this can shake out. The key here is that you build your fitness first, then you layer a bit of endurance because with low fitness, the repetition of constant volume increases is often at the heart of injuries. So training teams really need to take note of this. They're taking people who are really not equipped for running and they're constantly building their volume, which is not gonna be helpful to them. Hey folks, that's it for TipCast 148. If you want to learn more, head on over to www.go1mm.com. That's go1mm.com. You can also hit the donate button, donate there. If you have email questions, you can email me at go1moremile at gmail.com. That's go1moremile at gmail.com. But until the next TipCast, where I'm actually going to kick off my little series on Division 3 and, and kind of talk about what I've seen and, and maybe some suggestions on how to improve things. But until then, folks, remember, go one more mile. Later.